Blog Talk Radio. Romans 2 and 5. Nope. The righteous judgment of the Most High, who will yep. render unto every man according to his nope. deeds, to them who by patience continue yep. in some well-doing seat, nope. for glory and honor and immorality, yep. eternal life. But unto them that are nope. contentious and do not obey the yep. truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath. You an African American? Nope. You believe that's your heritage? Yep. Do you know who you are? Nope. King, queen? Yep. Nigga with back? Nope. Do you shine like a star? Yep. Think they gon' say it? Nope. We gon' expose them? Yep. Yeah. They gon' take your life? Nope. So many secrets in the vault? Yep. Do this knowledge cost? Nope. Hop in the book to my? Yep. Do you follow these laws? Nope. Do they still exist? Yep. Have time to wait? Choose 
choose from. You got to choose one. Who you gonna choose the most? I are Two sides to choose from. You got to choose one. Who you gonna choose? Who you gonna choose? Got to choose. All right, all right, all right. You're gonna learn today. All right, all right, all right. You're gonna learn today. All right, all right, all right, all right. Salam, 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 salam. Welcome once again to another another podcast, another edition of uh, <laughs> ISBHBK, the brothers, uh, the brothers. Uh, stream of wisdom, <laughs> the Hebrew Israelite, uh, uh, the uh, 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 the soapbox uh, podcast of Bible talk. Shalom, <laughs> shalom, 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 shalom to the twelve tribes worldwide. Peace and greetings. Yahweh Bahashemi Hashem Yahweh Thumb. May the Most High in Christ bless us all. Yahweh Ma'ala Thun Bahashemi Hashem to all the sisters. Uh, out there receiving and listening to the word of the Most High. Welcome. Uh, welcome to the show. My name is Mashado. Uh, I'm, I am a Hebrew Israelite. I'm a teacher um, uh, uh, here, and we, we present this, uh, this, uh, this podcast, this Bible Talk podcast. We've been doing it for the past what, 13 years. I believe uh, just over 13 years. We started February 28, 2010, up until today. Uh, thank you for tuning in. All right, thank you for tuning in. We do uh, try and do our, our live classes every Monday through Thursday. From 10 a.m. to about 12 noon, sometimes a little bit past uh, Central Standard Time. And Central Standard Time, brothers and sisters, is for those in the like in the Texas area or the Texas time zone. Uh, what's it like, Texas, Oklahoma? I think it, it, it extends all the way over to Chicago, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Like Texas, Louisiana, um, what's that? Uh, Mississippi, and then everything north. Uh, of of those, uh, what would that be like? Like um, uh, uh, Tennessee, Arkansas, Oklahoma. Uh, what was that Missouri? Uh, you know, I'm on the internet. Aren't you, Mashallah? I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna do that. Ten, twelve, Central Standard Time. We have our live shows um, on the East Coast. That would be. I I can't pull that up. I can't pull that up. On the East Coast, we're looking at. Come on, Mashallah. I said it's full of territory tonight. Come on, G. Come on, G. Ho hum, ho hum, ho hum. Let me do it like this. It's funny, now I just want to give me my own. You know, I'll go here. Forgive a brother, forgive a brother, forgive a brother. I really have plans on being a lot more organized in this today. All right. Um, here we go. All right, uh, Monday through Thursday, uh, from uh, generally for uh, single standard time, it starts at 10 a.m., and that goes until uh, 12 noon. But you happen to be on the East Coast, the Pacific Standard Time, then our classes start at 8 a.m. in the morning, all right? Um, if you happen to be in the Mountain Standard Time, which would be, I, I believe that, that starts from – uh, that's Arizona, New Mexico, and all states north of them. Our show will start at 9 a.m. Then again, for the Central Standard Time, will be uh, 10 a.m. And then uh, uh, for the Eastern Standard Time, over on the East Coast, uh, our classes start at 11 a.m. Again, that's Monday through Thursday. 
uh, you, you can check us out. Mondays, uh, Mike Lassen is going through the series. Tuesdays, we have Talks About Tuesdays, like he did yesterday, where he covers current, where he does cover current events, uh, and then goes into a topic. Very insightful class, very great class. Uh, you want to check it out. I come back on Wednesdays with the series that, that I'm doing, and then uh, we come back on Friday nights with the Brother Bonavai with Friday night, Friday night Bible breakdowns uh, with Bonavai, where he's just going through Bible breakdowns. I right? just going through Bible uh, Bible breakdowns every Friday night, the Sabbath, uh, and that starts at supposed to be 7 p.m. Uh, but depending on how his work workload is going, how his work schedule is, uh, it can be from 7 p.m. or it might start at 8 p.m. Again, all the times being Central Standard Time as well. All right. Uh, we are affiliated. We are most definitely affiliated with uh, uh, Hebrew Israelites across the world, across the country. Uh, but more specifically, our brother schools uh, here in San Antonio, Texas, uh, the Sport of Truth, uh, San Antonio, which is located at 4444 Walsam, suite number 201, San Antonio, San Antonio, Texas, 78218 being the address here. They do have classes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m., and then Saturdays for the Sabbath class starting at 10 a.m. Now, for any questions you might have for our school here in San Antonio, we invite you to please reach out to Brother Awar at area code 210-862-2643 or Brother Samson Wan at 505-387-9609. Uh, you can watch their classes also live on YouTube, uh, the YouTube channel, Sword of Truth San Antonio. For our school, if you happen to be in the Houston area, it is located, uh, and our school in Houston is called the uh, SOW Houston, Texas, the Stream of Wisdom which is located at 231 FMO 1092, Stafford, Texas, 77477. Then the address there. And they have classes every Monday, uh, Mondays and Wednesdays from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. And then on Fridays from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. And they catch them on Saturdays also from 10 a.m. to about 2, uh, 2 p.m. Uh, you catch them live on YouTube on Mondays and Wednesdays from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Um, at the YouTube channel, uh, SOW. Uh, Houston, Texas, Stream of Wisdom. If any questions about our school out there in, uh, in Houston, uh, you can reach out to Priest Quatizop at area code 303-557-8979. They're doing a great job out there in the Houston area. For our school in Norfolk, which is SOW, the Stream of Wisdom, Norfolk, Virginia, Stream of Wisdom, which is located at 2610 Granby Street, Norfolk, Virginia, 23517, many address out there. And they have class every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. And then on Saturday, starting at 12 noon. Uh, you catch them live, um, on Facebook Live at SOW Norfolk, uh, Virginia, uh, Stream of Wisdom, uh, from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time uh, on Facebook Live. And then the, the YouTube channel, uh, SOW Norfolk, Virginia, Stream of Wisdom, on Saturday, starting at 12 noon uh, for our classes there. For any questions, uh, for our school out there in, in, uh, in Norfolk, reach out to Priest Kazakia at 757-300-4047. And they're doing a great job out there with uh, Kazakia, uh, the brother uh, Ariad, the brother um, uh, Shaquat, and the brother um, uh, Bahar. They're definitely holding it down with all the brothers out there. Check them out. They're doing a great job. Uh, for our school, if you happen to be, uh, that's Norfolk. Uh, if you happen to be in the Rochester, New York area, our school is located at 1600 Lyle Avenue, Suite Number 1A, Rochester, New York, 14606. Being the address there, um, um, and they have class every Tuesday and Thursday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and then again on Saturday starting at 10 a.m. again Eastern Standard Time. For any questions for our school up there in, in, in Rochester, please reach out to Priest Zion at area code 
762-3917. And you, again, you can reach them. You can see their YouTube channel as well at SOW Rochester, New York, the stream of wisdom. All right. Um, our other uh, YouTube uh, uh, channels that we do have um, for your uh, uh, education, for your spiritual enlightenment, uh, we have the Hidden Truth Bible Show, uh, which is on, on YouTube. We ask you to like, share, and subscribe to all of our channels. Uh, and to the Israelite Media Corps uh, YouTube channel and for the five minutes of wisdom. Uh, these are some excellent classes that, that they're putting together that they're doing. Check them out. It, it only enhance your spiritual edification, uh, your spiritual understanding, uh, your mental peace of mind. Uh, check them out, all right? Please check all these, these, these avenues out. If you happen to be in the, in the Mexico area, please reach out to my brother, Aisha Waitazar, at area code 505. Um, 218-4218. The brother Ice White has been holding it down since 1992 uh, there in, uh, in, in New Mexico, uh, especially as we get ready to come into the high holidays of uh, uh, Feast of Tabernacles, uh, the, the Memorial Bone of the Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Tabernacles. If you haven't been in the New Mexico area or would like um, to experience uh, the, a full week of, of Feast of Tabernacles, where you're away from society and it's just families and the most high and and nature if you will reach out to brother Ijewa design again erica 505 218 all right um uh and as we get ready for these high holidays that are coming up uh the uh uh we're coming to the seventh month of the hebrew calendar which we have three very very important and be uh, high holidays or holidays uh, that is prescribed for us uh, as Bible believers and, and followers of Christ. We have the Memorial of the Blowing of Trumpets, uh, which, which uh, begins uh, sundown September 14th, 2023. All right, it's a Memorial of the Blowing of Trumpets. And then right after that, we are beginning at sundowns uh, September 23rd, which is 10 days later. We do have the Day of Atonement, which is the only fast the most requires for believers um, to participate in, all right, for, for the Israelites. Uh, again, that's the Day of Atonement, which begins sundown, September 23rd, 2023. And then we have the Feast of Tabernacles, which lasts for a whole eight days. Oh, can't wait, seven days, uh, which begins uh, sundown, just September 28th, 2023. So please reach out to, to any of the schools that you might be closest to. Uh, whether you're here in San Antonio, uh, Houston, Norfolk, Rod or Rochester, or if you're in the Albuquerque area, New Mexico area, please reach out to Brother Isaac White this obviously how you can help participate and, and bring these things together, all right? And what, whatever cost uh, might need to be um, covered uh, for, for, the, uh, uh, for the land that may be rented, for the food that might be uh, 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 gathered, or, or, or supplies or what have you, uh, we ask you please, man, please reach out, all right? Please reach out. Uh, and we actually also reach out to EO Pure Therapy, uh, which is located here in San Antonio at Rolling Oaks Mall on the first floor of the mall. It's a store that is ran by uh, the brother uh, Bonabai and his wife, Claudia Shia. Uh, EO Pure Therapy, uh, specializing in uh, bath bombs, bath salts, handmade soaps, and handmade lotions. Uh, please check them out. Again, that's EO Pure Therapy, uh, which is located at the first floor of Rolling Oaks Mall. And the J.C. Penny Wing of the Mall, directly diagonal from the H&M Clothing Store, and the icing uh, little jewelry boutique there at the mall. All right, cool. So with that, brothers and sisters, uh, moving right along. 
uh, I, I've been compiling the prayer list, and uh, I have spoke uh, to uh, the brothers uh, Gabar Ya'ala uh, out there in Florida and the brother Sean Kodash, uh as Hurricane uh, Idalia, if I'm saying it right, Idalia, is, uh, is, is, is uh, made landfall uh, right there in the, in the areas that they're in. Um, it's making landfall there in uh, in Florida, on the east on the east coast of Florida. On the west, I'm sorry, the west coast of Florida. Um, they're fine. All right. Uh, when I spoke to the, when I spoke to the brother Gabar, he was asleep, and 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 a little joke we had going on. It, it seemed like like uh, I'm 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 calling to ask him, you know, but concerned and urgency about what's going on, and he's sleeping. I mean, peaceful, restful sleep, and it was like <laughs> we, we were reminded of. of, of when Christ was in, in the storm with the disciples, and they woke him up, woke him up out of a sleep, and you know he just said, uh, "Peace, be still." Like, wh- why are you so excited? Wh- wh- where's all this coming from? Are you, oh, ye of little faith, that he let me know that they are covered. Him, his family, everybody there, uh, they are covered. They are fine. There is some wind. There is some rain, but they are the most high got them covered, got them protected, got them in, um, got them in his hands. As well as also the brother Sankudas and his family, they're doing fine. They're they're doing good. So uh, we're gonna definitely add them to our prayer list. I'll keep them in our prayer list. As the eye of the hurricane is now passing over, uh, I guess it's Tallahassee uh, on its way to Valdosta, uh, which is like the uh, southern region of Georgia, uh, and making its way north eastward. All right. So we definitely keep keep our, uh, some families in prayer, including my my in laws. As Valdosta is only about, uh, uh, it's not too far away from from where uh, my in-laws actually live at in Sylvester, Georgia. All right, so uh, this is part of the, uh, the program, brothers and sisters, where uh, I've been compiling this list of names for a prayer list uh, to ask you, uh, the listeners, to ask you the righteous, who so we're striving to be righteous, um, that we esteem others better than ourselves. Uh, that that we uh and this is not for for any fame. This is not for any glory. This is not for any uh, look how righteous I am or or, or or extra spiritual I am. But brothers and sisters, I need help. Right? I need help. I need the comfort of the Most High. Um, I'm most definitely still a sinner. Uh, I'm still overcoming my flesh, uh, uh, battling with my old man every single day. And uh, if, as the Scripture instructs us. If there's going to be any consolation, if there's going to be any comfort, if there's going to be any bowels of mercies that we should esteem others than, than ourselves. So this is why this list is being, is, being, is being compiled, and I try and add it to every one of the classes that I do do, so that um, and, and putting others first and for, and for it not to be about me. All right? So if you're comfortable uh, with, with saying the prayer, please do. If not, uh, it's understandable. I just ask that you might come back and add some of these names to your own personal prayer list, uh, that the most I might assist um, others as well. And we have some good news for some, some of the people that have, um, we've been praying for, that several people have, 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 are starting to make recoveries. Um, they, they've been moved from um, even uh, intensive care and urgent care. Um, they've actually uh, uh, been moved out of those, those uh, states of, of, of urgency and emergency to, to lesser states. And even have it, some have even been, some, have even been released from the hospital. So continue prayers going up, brothers and sisters. Um, and here we go, all right? So this is a little prayer I, I, uh, that we have. It's, it's from Numbers chapter 6, where uh, the priests, the Levites in the Old Testament, were instructed 
to put a blessing upon the children of Israel. And that if the, when the priest would put this blessing, particularly Aaron, the high priest, would put this blessing on the Israelites, that we as Israelites would be blessed. So um, in imitation of that, not that I'm a high priest, not that I'm anybody special, not that I'm anybody of stature, I'm a brother who's trying to work on my salvation like anybody else. Um, imitating and, 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 and following this prayer, uh, the anointing prayer from Numbers chapter 6, uh, for, for people, all right? Um, so here we go. All right, here we go. I'm going to be saying this prayer in English and in the Paleo-Hebrew. All right? I'm going to be saying this prayer in English and in the Paleo-Hebrew. All right? If you like to follow along. So it says, the Most High, in the name of Christ, Yahweh Ba'ashem Yahweh Shai. Please listen to us now. Baba Kushar, Shemai Lenawa Aitha. Right now, Yamin Aitha. Please send Michael and the Holy Angels. Baba Kushar, Shalak, Micah Allah, Wa Allahayim. To watch over, bless, heal, strengthen, help, protect, and to build up. And Father, from Numbers chapter 6, verse 24 through 26, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. So I'm going to say that, that that English part I just read from Numbers chapter 6, verse 26, from 24 and 26, I'm not going to say that, that in, in the Pedro Hebrew. Yahweh, 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 Shalom. Yahweh, Shema'il, Barak, Rapah, Kazak, Izar, Hagan, Bana'il, the sister Bobby Dixon, um, uh, the daughter of our brother, uh, Brother David, uh, Sierra Leakey, or Leak, uh, for our sister in Houston, who I'm hearing is making a recovery from COVID. Uh, but your kingdom prayer is going up for the sister Abadiah. Uh, the wife of our brother Lachama. Uh, for our brother out there in Norfolk, uh, Shaquat Gabar, priest Shaquat Gabar. For our brother and sisters here in San Antonio, our brother Tahamar Macha and his wife Waradaya. Uh, for the brother John Spann, the cousin of our brother Gabar Kawa. Uh, for Miss Catherine, otherwise known as Ma Dukes, the mother of our beloved brother um, Tazapa. Uh, for our sisters and brothers, uh, Becky and Darrell. Uh, and and uh, Becky's sister Carmen, who were just in another car accident, brother and sister. So continue prayers going up for them. Uh, for my in-laws, the entire Lovett family, but in particular, my mother-in-law, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law. Uh, they're going through some trials and tribulations uh, right now, as well as my sister-in-law, uh, my brother-in-law, and all my nieces and nephews. Uh, to the entire Coates family, the, the family of our brother Gabar Kawa, uh, for, for Kazakia and his family out there in Virginia. For the sister Anagasia, uh, for the brother Thawam Mayam, uh, out there holding things down in Houston. Uh, for our brother Wes Beverly, uh, Thawam here in San Antonio. For our sister Ayana, the wife of our brother Awarna Ayer, uh, here in San Antonio. Uh, for special needs children, Father. For uh, Cece, uh, the daughter of our brother uh, Tazafa, and his wife, Arakaya. Uh, for Ajali, the daughter of our brother, Gabakawa, and Anagashia. 
and for Aliyah, the daughter of our brother uh, Bonabad and his wife, Quadashaya. I continue prayers for uh, the Tazapah family. I continue prayers going up for our brother Kudashkabar here in San Antonio. Continue prayers going up for our brother Yenawathan up there in New Mexico, up in Albuquerque. And for his brother in Oklahoma. Uh, for our brother Gabaya Allah uh, out there in Florida and his wife uh, Ayasha. And for uh, her mother, uh, Ruthie Mae Johnson. I'm sorry. Yeah, Ruthie Mae Johnson. I need, I need to fix this. I said I already had this fixed. And for her mother, Ruthie Mae uh, Johnson. Uh, for our brother, uh, Sean Kudash, uh, and his family, and his wife, Mariah. For our brother, LV, uh, out there in California, the, the, our, this, our trucker brother. Uh, for our sister, Kwadashaya, the wife of our brother, uh, Bonabad. Uh, for LV's, LV's mother, Pat Washington. Uh, for the brother, Sean Stark. For our, our, our sister, Sylvia Khan. Uh, for our brother, the, the, the son of the Barkawa, our brother Shapar up there in Albuquerque. For our brother Yamar uh, up there in Lubbock, Texas. And for our brother uh, Yasha Allah out there in Gallup, the brother of our brother uh, Danya Allah out there in Gallup. And Father, from Numbers chapter 6, verse 27, it says, And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel, and I will bless them. So we ask you these things, we ask you all these things. Father, in the name of our Lord and Savior, uh, Jesus Christ, Bahasham Hamashiach Yahweh We thank you always, the water from Yad, Amen. All right, brothers and sisters, so now we got all the introduction and the prayers out of the way. I, I do feel a little bit more relieved that we, 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 we have, we've accomplished that and we got that done. Uh, let's go ahead and pick up with this class that we started on Monday. Who? And brothers and sisters, um, I told myself that I'm going to try and get away from this. I'm, I'm honestly going to try and get away from this. But I have been, been fortunate enough to hear some very great classes, some very outstanding classes uh, from the brother uh, of Warner Iyer uh, with, with his Sabbath class that he does with this, this, the Sword of Truth, um, the Sword of Truth San Antonio. Like, share, and subscribe to, to the YouTube channel. Go back and check out the, the, these classes, the, the, the history that the brother is bringing out. Him and Tazapai are really hitting this, this, this history thing up really, really well. And it, it, it's enlightening, refreshing, um, informative, uh, inspiring. Check them out. Uh, the, the hard work and the study that they've been, that you can, it comes across in, in the teaching. And they bring out a lot of information, but it's easy to digest. They bring out a lot of information, and it really is easy to digest. So, again, um, I thank the Father that, that I'm able to hear these, these, these classes. And this is why I have accolades for, for these brothers and for, and for the teaching. Uh, and I, I, I want to give, give uh, I want to encourage everybody to please check out their classes. Uh, with the brother, uh, I want to hire again on YouTube. Uh, when they did the class on the Sabbath classes on Saturdays, you definitely want to tune in and check it out. 
And that's not to take away from any of the other clashes that the brother uh, uh, that the brothers are doing out there in in, in Rochester or in uh, in Norfolk. Uh, the Sabbath class that that uh, the brother um, uh, Shaquat, the brother Bahar, that they're, they're holding down with the brother Ariad, the brother Kazakia. Uh, I I lack the words. I, I'm, I'm finding out as I get older. I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not good with my words. I'm really not good with my words. I'm, I'm not a wordsmith like, like like I would like to be, but not even a but really. That, that's the wrong word, wrong terminology. Check out all the classes. There's so much information, so much great things, so many different aspects to the Most High. I would I would never say to anybody, just restrict yourself just to one class or one teaching. And I know that that's dangerous to say. But the Most High, Christ is in. There's many members to the body of Christ. Let me let me say it scripturally. There's many members to the body of Christ, and Israel is so diverse. These are the words I want to find. Israel is so diverse. Now the Most High tells us in Deuteronomy chapter 14 and verse two that we're a peculiar people. I mean, we we are we are we are diverse. We are special. I, um, and for a nation of people, we think in dealing with the nation of people, there is not this, there's not one stereotypical mindset when you're dealing with the reality of what it takes to be a nation of people. And with that, there's so many different personalities and so many different aspects when you're dealing with a nation of people that it's beautiful to be able to appreciate how the Most High works within our nation, the nation of Israel. Not just on, on, like in a sports, uh, as you look at all the different types of sports that we, that we get into. And when I, say, when I say that aspect, I'm talking about uh, from the so-called Negroes, West Indies, Puerto Ricans. As I was just looking on Facebook um, and seeing a picture uh, they had the the, uh, the girls sack teams from America, Jamaica, and I, I didn't catch the other one. But it was all sisters. It was all by biblical nationality. They're all Israelites. It was, it was looking at the tribe of, of uh, uh, Judah being represented by the Americans, the so-called Negroes, the tribe of uh, Benjamin being the, the Jamaica team, and I believe it was the, um, uh, it might have been the Haitian team, I think. But I, I might be wrong. I, I, I didn't go into the details. But to see them gathered together, and they said it's not a, a, a country thing, it's a culture thing. And it had all of them together, uh, and they all took a picture. They all had jumped up in the air together. And to even see that, and I think it was over there in Budapest, it was beautiful to see the diversity of uh, that. Each one's diverse. You had the American team, you had the Jamaican team, and you had the whatever the red and black team is, I, I forget what it is. But to see all them together and then jump up, that it wasn't about this, this, this competition. Even it was competition, but it wasn't about this hatred. It wasn't about this beef. It wasn't about this, this, this uh, evil looking at one another uh, uh, that is going to fuel um, this rivalry. It was accepting, yeah, we're, we're competing, but we're, you, you bring the best out of me, and I love you for it. It's beautiful. 
It's beautiful. So we can look and see where, where amongst our people, even in not knowing the, the nationality, even not knowing that they're Israelites, we can see that when we unify, it really is a beautiful thing. It really is a beautiful thing in that aspect. Uh, and that we're not just peculiar in that we, we're, we're, we're fast runners. Well, um, we're not just peculiar in that how we dress uh, from the Kanye West to the, uh, uh, to the Westbrooks to, to whoever. Um, that or as we looking at the uh, 50th anniversary of hip hop and all the diversity that we have in, 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 from our music uh, styles or what have you, but we really are a beautiful people when we come together. All right, we really are a beautiful people when we come together. Um, and that in this nation, there's so many different aspects and so many different uh, perspectives and so many different members of this body of Christ, and each of us is the body of Christ. So when we come back and I, and I see different Israelite camps and teachings saying we're not affiliated with other Israelite groups. That hurts. That, that does hurt because we're supposed to be getting ourselves together, get gathered together, own nation, not desire. But there's still a lot of this, this, this Western philosophy. There's still a lot of this Western ideology that we, that we, that we carry. Um, and that we are waking up to the identity that we're the Israelites, but we still have so much that we have to clean up. And, and getting to that point of loving your neighbor as you love yourself uh, and realizing that Christ died for the nation of Israel. So I, I know um, I'm, I'm turning on some, I can be turning on thin ice. When I, I push and I recommend everybody, check out all Israelite camps. And some of them might be some very vulgar. Some might seem very bougie. Some might seem very sedity. But if we understand we're dealing with a nation of a nation, and that Christ is in each uh, member of this nation. You can really let go of, of, of the things that divide and then appreciate the beauty in each and every one, right? And appreciate the beauty in each and every one. So I invite that. And, and I'm a very insecure person anyway. I'm a, if, let me throw it on the table also. I'm a very insecure person. I'm very insecure. So... I, I need to be around people. I, I appreciate people. I like being around people. When I, I'm not dealing with any of my social issues. <laughs> when I'm dealing with any, any of my social issues, uh, to, to appreciate and see, uh, to see people at their best, to see people in their element, I, I'm not even saying at their best, in their element, I really do appreciate that. I, I really do. So that's why I do invite everybody. Please check out all the um, all the teachings. Uh, obviously, you know, check us out. Uh, the Stream of Wisdom, Sword of Truth. Please check us out. But learn to appreciate uh, what all the teachers might have to give. Because there's something in them that Christ loves. There's something in them that Christ appreciates. Now we all have flaws. We all have flaws, and we all have things that we got to work on. We know that from Revelation chapter two and chapter three. Christ for all the seven churches. He found an issue with each and every one of the seven churches in Revelations. All right, so we know that, that each of us got things we got to work on. Nobody's got it perfect. No one's got it perfect. But there's something to appreciate within each one of the other camps, each one of the teachings uh, that, that, can, that, that can be pulled from. All right? So with all that being said, as, as my time keeps on ticking, ticking, ticking into the future, brothers and sisters, the title of today's class as, you, as you've been following along, and if you haven't been following along, I invite you to please follow along. Um, you check out our series that we do uh, either here on 
www.blogtalkradio.com or uh, on our, our uh, other affiliates that, uh, that we have uh, accounts with, whether it's Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio Podcasts, um, Apple iTunes Podcasts, or even one called Podcast Addicts. You can go to any one of these, the, um, uh, of these uh, uh, platforms or mediums and just type in uh, ISBHBK Bible Talk. I haven't gone through and changed all the format for each one of these. It's still ISBHBK Bible Talk. And, and we have libraries there, right? archives, where, where our, our classes are being stored, where if there's any class you've missed, any live class you might have missed, and you go to any one of these platforms and, and be able to catch up, uh, study, review, um, hell, rebuke and critique any one of the shows that we've done, and let us know, right? and, and, and let us know. But if there's any part of a class you might have missed, uh, we invite you to uh, please check, check, check out the libraries uh, so you might be able to catch up. Now, that's why we did it. That's why we picked uh, Blog Talk because they kept the biggest library, um, uh, the largest library that, again, it's going on 13 years, and they've had every class that we've done for the past 13 years stored in the library. So we've, that's why it's there. It's for your convenience. For ours as well, to go back and be able to study uh, and be able to get things together and, and uh, always improving about ourselves, right? Always improving on ourselves. So we're in the, the, the eighth part. Is this the eighth part? The ninth part, forgive me. We're in the ninth part of this series, um, The True Birth of Christ, all right? Uh, this past Monday, uh, we started really getting into where uh, Christ was teaching, and for some of the understanding he was bringing out, a woman had, had shouted out, blessed is the womb that bear thee, uh, and the path that gave thee suck. And that is something I wanted to touch on. I didn't add it to the class yet, but I've been thinking about adding it. I want, I, I'm going to take this time to add it now. And we started going into this, the traditions that, if we're not careful, even in, in, in modern times like today, that there's a lot of traditions and customs that a person could be following. And because the research and the study has not been taken to, un, to find out the origins, to find out um, why some of these customs are done, why some of these traditions are done, as opposed to just being the sheep led to the slaughter, that we're just doing it because everybody else is doing it. And that's what's been passed down from generation to generation to generation to generation. That's just what we do. But there's no understanding of even why we do it. There's no understanding about what, what was its origins. What does it mean to participate in these things when it was first started? And we was going into that and getting an understanding that when she made that statement, less of the womb that bear thee, and the pastor gave me suck, that she was referring to a tradition that had been around for well over, I mean, really we're going to find out um, going all the way back to ancient Egypt. That's some of the, the information I want to get into today. But we're going back and, and looking at how uh, from Jeremiah chapter 7 and Jeremiah chapter 44, how Israelites, 500 years before Christ had came on the scene, had given ourselves over to witchcraft had given ourselves over to idolatry, um, had given ourselves over to abominations. And one of the abominations in particular was making cakes to the queen of heaven. 
Now, we was going to the class on Monday about how so much emphasis has been placed on the Virgin Mary and venerating her and reverencing her to where in, in, in some, some uh, churches or religions that people actually make prayers to the Virgin Mary um, being the, and, and then give her uh, one of the titles of being the, the mother of God. Uh, and that when this woman, during, when Christ was making his teaching, she was kind of leaning on that, like, blessed is the woman that gave thee suck, or the, the woman that barely in the past gave thee suck, and giving that honor and that veneration to Mary and Christ. So what we're discovering is that that whole concept of that, the, 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 the mother-son relationship, the, the uh, mother being the son of God, that that goes back in direct reference to the queen of heaven. And that goes back in direct reference to the queen of heaven. Now, that's not to, as I was thinking about the class, that's not to say that the angel did not come into Mary and say, bless us thou, uh, Mary, among women, because you're going to give birth to the Messiah. And we're going to get into that. We're going to get into the, uh, the birth of the Messiah, the true birth of Christ. Uh, we're going to get into that. But I also wanted us to discover and get into and understand that the concept of a woman giving birth to a God, a son God, S-O-N, that that is pagan in its origin, that that is witchcraft and sorcery to give a woman that she's the queen of heaven or the mother of God, dealing with like the, 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 um, uh, the Trinity, the so-called, the so-called Trinity, that is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And that for Mary to be impregnated by the Holy Spirit and give birth to God the Son and what we've been taught to, been conditioned to think that that's uh, specific and unique to Mary, the Virgin Mary, being the, the mother of Jesus, the son, that that is a very pagan mindset and thinking in its origins, in its beginnings. And that we're going to find out, hopefully there's some information I'm going to bring out today. I want to really try and be able to show that that pagan that pagan ideal, ideals that intertwined in, in, uh, intertwined intertwined with Christian worship it got intertwined with the true Christ. All right, that in in order to get converts, a lot of the, uh, 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 church, early church fathers did incorporate a lot of pagan rituals a lot of pagan uh, uh, doctrines and intertwined with Christianity to a now modern-day Christianity is so far removed from what it means to be a Christian. It's so far removed from Christ and his original apostles and his original disciples that it, the, the two have, they're, they're, the only thing they have in common is that the name Christ might be there. That's really about it. But for how Christ and the apostles did things before the intermingling of 
the pagan rituals and traditions and customs. They literally are apples and oranges. They literally are black and white. They're totally different. They're totally opposite. And this conditioning has been taking place for a long time. So I invite you to go back and please check it out uh, on Monday, uh, part eight of when we first started this uh, and going into this, this part of, of the class. I want to move on from there because uh, there's a lot of information I want to try and cover. And I hope I will do it justice um, and that it might be clear. I got a feeling that this is a part I'm going to have to revisit uh, to try and help it come out with clarity so, that people might, might, so it, it's not jumbled because it's so much information, brothers and sisters. It's so much that I hope I'm not speaking so fast where I'm stumbling over my words and stumbling over the concepts and not giving the person a chance to really uh, digest what's being said, to digest um, uh, what's happening. So with that, brothers and sisters, uh, let's pick up in Jeremiah chapter 44. Uh, we went over this on Monday, but let's pick up in Jeremiah chapter 44. We'll move, move on from there. I really don't want to do a lot of, lot of um, uh, uh, expounding on this because we did cover this on Monday. Uh, but I want to start here and try and give us a segue to come into today's class, all right? So if we go into the book of Jeremiah, chapter 44, and I'm sorry, verse uh, 14. We're going to be verses 14 through 23, all right? So we're in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 44, verses 14 through 23. And what we're dealing with is um, some of the idolatry and the abominations that we, that we as Israelites were provoking God to while we were in the land of Israel. And right before... Uh, part of the reasons for the Babylonian captivity, right? part of the reasons for the Babylonian captivity, uh, for some of the practices, the idolatry, the witchcraft that we were participating in, uh, in direct opposition to God, in direct rebellion and stubbornness to God. All right. So Jeremiah chapter 44 I was start at verse 14. And, but since I, I got to say this, only because I, 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 see, I hate doing all this talking. With that being said, Jeremiah chapter 44, verse 14. So that none of the remnant of Judah, which are gone into the land of Egypt, which you should join there, shall escape or remain, that they shall, that they shall return into the land of Judah, to the which... Uh, they have a desire to return to dwell there. For none shall return, but such as shall escape. Brother, it, 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 in this part of the, of the history that we're dealing with right now, and Brother of War is, is covering this. That's why I, 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 I've got him on, on, you know, on, in my mind, whatever. He's covering this part also. Our, our, the Israelites, we were so far gone mentally and spiritually and, and, and wanting to be like the other nations and wanting to be like the other Gentiles and honoring and worshiping and, and finding sentimental the ways, the customs, the, um, uh, the worship of the other nations that we were, we were, were God was now throwing Israel, the Israelites out of his land. We were being thrown out. By this time, the, the northern kingdom of Israel had already been, had been tossed out, violent like a ball. He was that angry with us, leaving the southern tribes of Judah, Benjamin, and Levi, and some of the remaining tribes, 
But we still, after seeing what God has did to the Israelites, the North Kingdom of Israel, we still were stuck on stupid. That's the best way I can say it. And then many of us had, had in trying to flee the wrath of God, uh, we, we tried to oh, go escape into Egypt. Like, oh, we'll go over here for safety. We're going to get up out of here. We'll go over here. This is where we're, we're going to be safe. This is where we're going to be good. We're going to go to Egypt. And that's why this is being a, a, addressed here in Jeremiah chapter 40, 44, verse 14, that so that none of the remnant of Judah, which are gone into the land of Egypt to sojourn there, shall escape uh, or remain. That we was trying to get away. That, okay, it's bad here. We'll just go over here. You know, using wisdom. We're going to go to Egypt. That uh, Babylon is coming. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar has been, has been rising up. And we're going to escape to Egypt, and we're going to get refuge in Egypt. Uh, uh, we're going to start uh, paying the king of Egypt uh, uh, tribute instead of uh, giving it to Babylon. And the Egyptians, they're going to save us, and we can keep our lifestyle. We're going to keep living our lifestyle. We're going to keep doing our thing. And the Lord say, no, you're not going to escape. You're not going to escape because you just went over here now. That this, is, this was something personal that, that God was not doing to the Israelites. Because uh, for all these years that he's been with us, protected us, guided us, for all the captivity we went in and he saved us from, that, 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 but we are still stuck on stupid and hard-headedness? Like, no. We're going to get this work. We're going to feel all this wrath of God. We're going to get this. All right? So uh, verse, verse 15, reading on now with verse 15. Jeremiah chapter 44, verse 15. Then all the men which knew that their wives had burned incense unto other gods, and all the women that stood by a great multitude, even all the people that dwelt in the land of Egypt, in Pathros, answered Jeremiah, saying, As for the word that thou hast spoken unto us in the name of the Lord, we will not hearken unto thee. These are the Israelites, y'all. These are Israelites. For the men, I know my wives have made cakes to the queen of heaven. I know that we, we participated. We had the kids collecting wood. We was burning the fires. We made this a family affair. And now you come and tell us that we're going to be punished. You come and tell us that, that this is going to happen to our kids and our wives. No, we've been enjoying prosperity since we've been doing this to the queen of heaven. We have enjoyed nothing but prosperity. So we're not going to listen to you. We don't care what God is telling you. We're going to walk by the side of our eyes. For us, everything is good. And look at the, the, the joy in our kids' faces were the cakes of the Queen of Heaven. And as we was going about money, brothers and sisters, these cakes to the Queen of Heaven are, are directly associated with, and I, I hope I can get this information out today, with why does people put candles on a cake? And I hope I can bring this out today, brothers and sisters, in, in clarity without getting too far ahead of myself. The queen of heaven in, 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 in uh, ancient worship, the queen of heaven was, was moon worship. It was the worshiping of the moon. All right? It was the worshiping of the moon. To put a candle on the cake represented the glow of the moon in the night sky. 
And that's why we, we, we put from birthday cakes to anniversaries to, to whatever it might be. We bake cakes and we put candles on them because that, that light from the candle is supposed to illuminate the cake like the moon, the light from the moon illuminates the moon. Think about every, every uh, uh, situation where we deal with, if it's not cupcakes, some type of, uh, there's some type of cake where there's got to be a candle on it, a sparkler on it, or something. All that is representative of moon worship to the queen of heaven, which go, then goes back to what we're going to get into today, which goes back to fertility rights, being the queen. But we're going to get into this, all right? So for all the men that knew that the wives had done this and we were women participants, we got to the point, we got so bold. Look at the, the, the audacity of us. Yeah, we did it, and we're not going to stop. We're not going to sit here and, and be like, uh, we're not, we're not, we're not going to uh, 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 say, oh, 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 no, no, not us. No. Yeah, we did it, and we're not going to feel guilty about it. We will not hearken unto thee. And I said I wasn't going to do a lot of expounding. Forgive me. Verse 17, but we will certainly do whatsoever things go forth out of our own mouth to burn incense unto the queen of heaven and to pour out drink offerings unto her. And how many times do we offer a toast? How many times is there, is there a, a, a cake and there's going to be some candles blown out? Was it an anniversary, a, a hip hop parade, or whatever might be going on, and, um, a, a birthday, a, a special occasion? And there's drink offerings. And we offer up a, offer up a toast. We click, the, we click the, the, the champagne bottles, we click the glass, get everybody's attention, and we offer up that toast. There were drink offerings that God had for the Israelites. But it had nothing to do with, with that. The drink offerings that God had the Israelites offer up was if we did have our liquors, we did have our, um, uh, our, our wines, that cool. Well, if you're home, Israelites, on the plantations that God provided for us, you're going to bring a first fruits of your offerings so that the priests who are full-time priests at the temple taking the uh, offer of uh, uh, Animal sacrifices for your sins. And for as much sinning as Israel was doing, as many animals had to be, had to be um, uh, sacrificed, those were full-time jobs where people couldn't go home and I'm just going to work on me and my house. I'm going to work on me and my crops. I'm going to work on me and mine. No, you're going to take the first fruits and you're going to take the first fruits and bring it to the priests so that they can have their minds more committed to pleasing God, to, be, uh, to offering these, these sacrifices for the Israelites because then I think about I'm, I, I'm being left out. What about us? We're sitting here serving God. What we'll we have to show for it? So the drink offerings that were offered to, at, at that time, it wasn't something that was just poured on the ground. No. You got liquor. You got wine from whatever orchards we had, and, and we, we, we're producing this. Bring some to your brothers. Bring some to these families. They need to be taken care of also. It's a really symbiotic relationship. You provide for them, they provide for you. You provide physically for them, they provide spiritually for you. It was supposed to be in that relationship. But we got greedy. We got extremely greedy. But I'm going to read on. I'm going to read on. 
Verse 17 once again. But we, we will certainly do whatsoever thing goeth forth out of our own mouth, to burn incense unto the queen of heaven, and to pour out drink offerings unto her, as we have done. We and our fathers, our kings and our princes, in the cities of Judah, and in the streets of, and in the streets of Jerusalem. For then had we plenty of victuals, and were well, and saw no evil. Brothers and sisters, think about this, just for, if, you, if, you, if you will. If I can introduce this to, you, to, you, to your perspective. I'm sure I'm not the only one who's ever questioned when we read the, the, the Bible and, and about the people of the Bible, the history of the people of the Bible, of why would people worship and do things that are against God? I know I'm not the only one who, who, who's, who, who's had that question or had that thought. And if so, cool, let, let me try and introduce it right now. Why would people do such things? Why would they go against God? Well, the answer to that is the God of the Bible, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he deals with faith. All gods do. All gods deal with faith. But the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of the Bible, the faith he's looking for, where you have faith in him, as described in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 and 2, you can't see it. Because you have to believe his word. You have to believe that, that he said it without seeing him, without seeing how it's going to work, but just following what he says to do. That's the faith that he deals with. You're not going to see him. You have to just listen and do what he says. That's the faith he deals with. And that's why Paul reminds us that we walk by faith, not by sight. That faith or hope that is seen, that's not faith or hope. Now we deal with the God of the Bible. Now we deal with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of this Bible, the God of the, the true Jesus Christ of the Bible. So I'm bringing that up as, as a point of reference for this right here. Of why would we be so stubborn, stiff-necked, determined that we were going to keep offering cakes to the Queen of Heaven here in Jeremiah chapter, chapter uh, uh, we're in chapter 44. Why would we, we so, just so hell-bent on we're going to do it this way regardless of what you say, Jeremiah, you're a prophet, so what? We're going to do it this way because we was going by what we see. And I'm going to use this word not, not as an as a, as a, uh, anything derogatory, uh, but me and my wife have been talking about this, using this word tangible and intangible. Israelites kept getting caught up in looking for the tangible when the invisible God is dealing with the intangible. So for our people to be so hell-bent on, they're going to keep doing things the way they're doing things, regardless of what Jeremiah was saying, because it says here, I got to read verse 17 again. I didn't want to do this, but we're here. It says, but we will certainly do whatsoever, Jeremiah chapter 44, verse 17, but we will certainly do whatsoever thing goeth forth out of our own mouth. 
to burn incense unto the queen of heaven and to pour out drink offerings unto her as we have done we and who our fathers so we're looking at family traditions our kings our leaderships our leaders are doing this it's been passed down within my family and our kings our leaders and our princes are doing this in the cities of judah and in the streets of jerusalem and you see that semi that that colon right there if you're reading along with me now it's going to explain why for then had we plenty of victuals and were well and saw no evil everything was taken care of we have plenty of food you know how me and my family got to eat I got a family legacy. I got, uh, you know, the, the, the generational wealth. I can see it. We had plenty of food. We had to want for anything. Unlike, you know, our foreparents coming out of Egypt, going through the wilderness, where we had to wait every day for the daily bread. And so you're trying to be extra wise. I'm going to try and stack up in case God will come through. Where's the faith at? You have faith in yourself. And you have faith in you that you're not going to let yourself go through this. That why do you have to be subject that if you don't listen to God, then that means I'm not going to eat. So I have to do what God says. If I want to eat, I don't want to go through that. I want to be able to have liberty to do what I want to do. I want to feel like I have the freedom to be liberal. But this is the mentality that that we've been carrying on for, for millenniums. I can see it. Brothers and sisters, I'll bring it a lot, and this is not to be um, uh, male toxic. When the serpent first came and tricked Eve, because Eve was Adam's weakness, Satan couldn't come directly to Adam. Adam being the man that he would have fought him off. I know who you are. Hell no. It would be confrontational, and in a man's spirit, a man's character, that that he would have met force with force. But Adam's weakness was his woman, Eve. So his serpent was able to get to her to get to him. And what was presented to her? It it was presented to her eyes. She saw that it was something to make her wise. It looked wise to her. It looked good to her. And she came and found a way to present it to Adam. To Adam went ahead and now fell for it. What we can see. So when people are doing the things that they do, why do they do it? Because they see how it works. Why is it about getting a gun? I see how it works. Why is it about getting um, uh, that diploma? I see how it works. Why is it about getting a degree? I see how it works. Why is it about making sure I stack money, stack money, stack money? I see how it works. Why is it about being a pimp? I see how it works. Why is it about being on a stripper pole? I see how it works. Yeah, before I did this, me and my family were starving. Before I did this, we struggled. Before, before I, 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 took this, I started doing these things, I remember how hard it was for me and mine. But now we're eating. Now we're being taken care of for the love of money. 
I just want to see me and my family do. I want to see me and my family do better. So I'm trying to bring this to our attention, brothers and sisters, of this mentality that, that was going on here in Jeremiah chapter 44. Among us as Israelites, among the Israelites. Because I can see it. And because I can see it, I'm going by what I see. Regardless of the prophet Jeremiah telling me what's going to happen, all the warnings that God is sending through him, I can't hear that. I'm not going to hear that because I'm going by what I see, the tangible. Verse 18, Jeremiah chapter 44, verse 18, moving on. It says, but since we left off to burn incense to the queen of heaven, since we stopped doing what we was doing, since we left off to burn incense to the queen of heaven, and to pour our drink offerings unto her, we have wanted all things and have been consumed by the sword and by the famine. And when we burned incense to the queen of heaven, and put out drink offers unto her, did we make her um, drink offers unto her, did we make her cakes to worship her, and pour out drink offerings unto her without our men? I-N-D-E-M-P. We didn't need no man for them, but we did this when the women took this up on them. This women's lib. It's funny how, how if when women are doing it, check this out, brothers and Emma. I, I I can hear all type of comments going on. How come when women are, are taking a stand for themselves, it's, it's, it's just being feminine? It's being independent? But if men do the same thing, all of a sudden it's, it's the, 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 the label moniker is that's being uh, uh, male, tox- male toxicity? It's toxic? But when that woman is being independent without a man, doing it all on her own, and when she did it on her own, look how she's prospered. Look at, if we look at the, the blueprint of America, brothers and sisters, let's go back to the 60s, to the 70s, 50s, 60s, 70s. When welfare was offered, government system was offered to poor families, in, in particular, poor inner city families, not rural families, of uh, rednecks out there in the Appalachian Mountains in Arkansas and, 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 and rednecks or what have you. you. You never hear about government workers going to these trailer homes to see is there a male in a trailer home to see if, if you qualify for government assistance for welfare and food stamps. You never hear about those stories. Even though Lyndon B. Johnson, who's the one who started food stamps, because he saw the condition of white people in Arkansas, white people in rednecks, I'm going to just say it like that, because he saw them, that's why the food stamp even started. It wasn't for to help blacks and minorities and brown-skinned people. But you didn't hear about um, government uh, or, or, or welfare workers actually coming to the houses of white people to see if she said there's four people in the house and the kid, it may be her and the three kids, and, and those three kids better not be above the age of, uh, what, 18? And that the shoes better not be the men's shoes. A man better not be in this apartment or better not be in this house that we're providing for you. 
or your government assistance will be cut off. Thus, driving the man out of the house. And then by the time the 80s came, with the crack, uh, the crack epidemic, and now we're going to arrest all these black males that have just a, a if you have a, 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 a crack rock, you're getting, we're getting 20, 30 years in prison, and white people could have ounces and, and damn near kilos and pounds of cocaine, and you're getting six months? You're getting a year? I could, I'm not going to, the wilderness, the wilderness speech, that formula from the wilderness speech is correct. That formula from the wilderness speech is true. What we're seeing, and I'm just trying to give this in reference, that the things that have gone on in, here in America, we can go back now and see, almost like, like a cookie-cutter blueprint, that, it, that the same type of mentality was going on even in the time of, of the Israelites, 500 years before Christ came in the land of Israel. This push for women's independence, women's femininity, uh, the feminist movement. Now, if the women are doing this and got the kids involved with it, how are, these, 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 how are the kids being raised? Are they going to be raised to, to honor the cakes of the Queen of Heaven, the drink offerings? Because look at how, how much fun we're having. Look how great things are. And how these type of customs and, and traditions now get passed down. Look at verse 20. Uh, verse 19 again. And when we burned incense to the queen of heaven and poured out drink offerings unto her, uh, did we make her a case to worship her and pour out drink offerings unto her without our men? Didn't we do this without the man present? And then for the niggas that want to be present, you better participate. For the men who want to be present, you better participate because this is how we're going. And if not, you're going to be cut off. Verse 20. Then Jeremiah said unto all the people, to the men and to the women, and to all the people which had uh, given him that answer, saying, the incense that he burned in the cities of Judah and in the streets of of Jerusalem, you and your fathers, your kings, your princes, and the people of the land, did not the Lord remember them and came it not into his mind? You think God didn't see what I was doing? Are y'all thinking God forgot? Verse 22, so that the Lord can no longer bear because of the evil of your doings and because of the abominations which you have committed. Therefore is your land a desolation and an astonishment and a curse without an inhabitant as at this day because you have burned incense and because you have sinned against the Lord and have not obeyed the voice of the Lord, nor walked in his law, nor in his statutes, nor in his testimonies, 
Therefore, this evil is happened unto you as at this day. All right? So now, what I want to do is, is some research. I want to try and share with everybody a little bit now about, uh, is this the one I want to get into to this? Yeah, we, we'll go here now. Right, I want to now go into some information, all right, about the Queen of Heaven. So that was what was stated here in Jeremiah chapter 44 about the Queen of Heaven, bringing case, uh, making case to the Queen of Heaven and the Queen of Heaven. Now we're going to do some research about the Queen of Heaven. So I did a Google search, and one thing I, I, I did, and maybe it was, it was stupid of me, uh, I've got the, the generative uh, AI uh, uh, on, my, on, my, on, my, uh, on my phone. This is how we research, and not realizing that it, it, it actually just, it's actually copying my, my, what I search, copying what I look for, copying how I think, and, and everything I, I type, write it, do whatever, that if I got, they got to make a clone of me, I guess they will. I guess. But this is the information I got from uh, this search from the generative AI on Google, all right, by the Queen of Heaven. It says, the Queen of Heaven is a term that may refer to the moon, which was worshipped as Astoreth or Astarte. So I want to skip to some standard. We're going we're to go further into this. The Queen of Heaven was worshipped as Ashtoreth or Astarte in ancient times. All right? Let's get this. Because Pac kind of covered this uh, and has been covering this. Uh, part of like, like the, uh, uh, the Starbucks lady. Right? The Starbucks emblem, that's the, that's the Astarte, the Queen of Heaven. All right? Reading on now. I'm going to read on. It says, the Phoenicians were devoted to Ashtoreth, the moon or queen of heaven. The prophet Jeremiah denounced the worship of the queen of heaven, and God declared that he would uh, move his people from the land. One of the reasons why the Israelites was kicked out of the promised land during the time of the Babylonians, and it became uh, the Persian and the Medes, the Greeks and the Romans. The reason he was going back and forth in these places was going right back directly here to the worship of the queen of heaven or the worship of the moon. All right? Reading on now, it says, Isis is a popular Egyptian goddess. So the Queen of Heaven also refers to, not only was it Ashtoreth, and we read about her in the Bible, and, and Astarte in the Bible, being the worship of the moon or the Queen of Heaven, but in Egypt, the Queen of Heaven was Isis. All right? Um, the Queen of Heaven, uh, Ashtoreth, the concert of Yahweh in biblical and extra-biblical texts, or uh, Ariat, the queen of the Eurograt uh, pantheon. And so these are different names for the queen of heaven. We have Astoreth, Astarte, Isis, uh, Ashereth, uh, Aharet, and we're going to getting a whole lot more names for the queen of heaven or the worship of the moon. All right? It says, in Greek mythology, Hera was worshipped as the queen of heaven and the goddess of marriage and women. In Catholicism, the moon is symbolic of Our Lady. There's a lot of Catholic churches that carry that. Our Lady. Our Lady. Our Lady. Going back to the moon worship, going back to the Queen of Heaven. All right? 
bring out some more of this information. When we go to, um, uh, let me post this in, in, the, uh, in the chat room. I'm going to post a link to this information that I'm using now in the chat room. And I'm going to www.bibletools.org, right? www.bibletools.org. And the search that I did that came up with this here is what does the what the excuse me what the Bible says about Semiramis. And let me post it in the chat room for those who might be on, on the web browser. Uh, you might be able to see it. If not, uh, you know I'm post I posted it in Facebook. I've already posted this in Facebook. Uh, I can do it again right now. So if you if you, if you follow me on Facebook, uh, Mashabah Judah on Facebook and you go to my profile, whatever, this link will also be there as well, right? This link will also be there as well, paste. And it says, what the Bible says about Semiramis. I posted it before, I'm gonna post it again, uh, and it's here. If you might be catching an archive show or what have you, it, it, it's there for a direct link, or just look up what the Bible says about Semiramis. All right? Let me get up out of here, going back. So I got that posted, cool. So what's the Bible says about Semiramis from uh, www.bibletools.org. Now, the reason I, I pulled up Semiramis, because we're going to find out that Semiramis was the original queen of heaven. All right, Semiramis was the original queen of heaven that all these other queens of heaven are derived from. And that's what, that we're going to try and bring this out. See, I said something's going to be a little bit choppy. I know I could have made a little better segue in, in from the Queen of Heaven being these other names into uh, Semiramis. I'm working on that. But let me just read, okay? So from uh, what the Bible says about Semiramis from uh, uh, www.bibletools.org, all right? Two key figures in the origin of Christmas are Nimrod, a great-grandson of Noah, and his mother and wife, Semiramis also known as Ishtar and Isis. The reason I, I, I made this link here, that remember the queen of heaven in Egypt was known as Isis, who was also um, Ashtoreth, which is also Astarte, which is also Ashtoreth. And now we're seeing is also Ishtar. And this is where the, uh, the Christmas, not only the Christmas customs, but I don't want to focus on that, but that this, the Queen of Heaven, Ceramicus, has all these different names that throughout time, throughout history, has been worshipped under different names. But it's all been the same worship. All right? So two key figures, reading it again from the top, two key figures in the origin of Christmas are Nimrod, a great grandson of Noah, uh, and his mother and wife. Catch that, brothers. Did y'all catch that? His, um, his mother and wife, Ceramicus, also known as Ishtar and Isis. Nimrod, known in Egypt as Osiris, was the founder of the first world empire in Babel, later known as Babylon. And this all we research this in, in the scriptures. Nimrod 
It was also known in Egypt as Osiris. And Nimrod was the founder of the first world empire at Babel, later known as Babylon. And yes, we, whatever we do here, you can go to Genesis chapter, Genesis chapter 10, verses 8 through 12, and then Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 through 9. The Tower of Babel was erected and started by Nimrod. But some history that we don't actually read directly from the Bible is that Nimrod being such the conqueror and such a, the, the uh, person that he was, that when he, he died, in order for his mother not to lose power and the influence that she had, she claimed that her son's spirit was in the evergreen tree, that, that it didn't die, and that she was married to her son. This is where the, the, the mother is married to God the Father and God the Son. I hope I'm, I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm chopping this up. It's kind of choppy, and, and I'm jumping ahead of myself because it's, it's so much. I, I, I hope I'm, I'm, I want to give it to y'all where it can be understood. <coughs> I'm reading on. It says, from ancient sources, such as the Epic of Gilgamesh and records unearthed by archaeologists from long ruined Mesopotamia and Egyptian cities, we can uh, reconstruct subsequent events. So this is historical research that's been done. This ain't just mythology. This is historical research that's been done from archaeologists. All right? This is history. Records that have been unearthed, that have been dug out and uncovered. All right? Reading on. This is why we keep saying the Bible is a history book. The Bible is a history book. We can match places, times, uh, and people in in the Bible with actual history. Reading on, it says, after Nimrod's death, which was around uh, 2167 B.C., uh, Ceramicus promoted the belief that her, that he was a god. She, declared, she claimed that she saw a full-grown evergreen tree spring out of the roots of a dead tree stump, symbolizing the springing forth of new life for Nimrod. On the anniversary of his birth, she said Nimrod would visit the evergreen tree and leave gifts under it. His birthday fell on the winter solstice at the end of December. The end of the winter solstice at the end of December. This is where the whole Christmas tree, Christmas tree came from. This is where the Christmas tree, the evergreen tree, representing Nimrod's unconquering uh, spirit, and you would come and leave gifts under the evergreen tree. That over time, got the name Christmas tree from Ceramicus, who became the queen of heaven. And there was the worship of the moon. Reading on. A few years later, Ceramicus bore a son uh, called Horus or Gilgamesh. She declared that she had been visited by the spirit of Nimrod who left her pregnant with the boy, Horus, with the boy. Horus, she maintained, was Nimrod reincarnated with a father, mother, and son deified, a deceptive, perverted trinity was formed. 
this was the, the whole concept. We think that Trinity, uh, the Son, the the, uh, the the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We think that that that, that was an original concept. The, the thing about the Trinity goes all the way back here to the days of Nimrod, before or just after the flood. where this woman was impregnated by the spirit of her son, the father, so that now you have the father, the son, and the mother, and the son that are now deified. Reading on. Ceramus and Horus were worshipped as Madonna and child. I'm going to read this again. Ceramus and Horus, her son, because he was impregnated by her son Nimrod, who was powerful, who became a god. She was impregnated by his spirit and had a son, Horus. Ceramus and Horus were worshipped as Madonna and child. As the generations passed, they were worshipped under other names in different cultures in different countries and languages. Many of these were, were recognizable. So you had Fortuna and Jupiter in Rome. So you had the same concept. The mother being impregnated by a, a spirit, by God, and giving birth to a son. In Rome, the name was Fortuna and Jupiter. Aphrodite and Adonis in Greece. So in Greece, you have the exact same thing, just the names have changed, of Aphrodite and Adonis in Greece. And you have Astoreth or Astarte with Molech and Baal in the land of Canaan. All these going back to Ceramicus, Nimrod, and Horus. Ready on. During, uh, during the time between Babel and Christ. So from the time of the Tower of Babel, from Genesis chapter 10 and Genesis chapter 11, all the way to the birth of Christ, that whole time period, if Nimrod was around 2,167 years before Christ, keep that, think about that, 2,000. 2,120 years before Christ, over 2,020 years before Christ, you had this concept about the, 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 the mother being pregnant by the Spirit, giving birth to a son. For over 2,000 years before Mary, Joseph, and Christ. Mary, the Holy Spirit, and Christ. So during the time between Babel and Christ, pagans developed the belief that the days grew shorter in every winter because their sun god, S-U-N, sun god, was leaving them. When they saw the length of the day increasing, they celebrated by riotous, riotous, unrestrained feasting and orgies. The celebration, known as Saturnalia, was named after Saturn, another name for Nimrod. 
So what happens in the winter during the time of Christmas? Isn't there a lot of, of partying? A lot of drinking as we come into the quote unquote new year? We take the new year, isn't that God's new year? Is that the Hebrew New Year? And isn't it not a time of of, of uh, kissing under the, 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 the mistletoe? All anxiety. Is there ever a question how did these things start? Around the same time you got Christmas with the Christmas tree, bringing gifts. Wrong young virgin, mother and child, and all these, 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 these Christmas carols, all this type of stuff going on. Is there anybody stopped from, and we, we haven't, where did this come from? Or is it just been tradition after tradition after tradition being passed down? And everybody, like we just read about in Jeremiah, our fathers have done this. Our kings have done this. Our princes have done this. Everybody's doing it. These customs. These traditions. Don't know why? It just is. That's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. Things will never be the same. That's just the way, really, that's just the way it is. Related topics dealing with ceramicists, the Queen of Heaven, we have Asheria, Ashtoreth, Estarte, Estarte. Baal, Christmas, um, the Christmas tree, Horus, Ishtar, Isis, Molech, Nimrod, Osiris, Saturnalia, and Ceramicus. Check this out, brothers and sisters. We also have the name Artemis. If you, as I keep talking about the candles on birthday cakes. Candles on cakes, period. Artemis candles were considered the first birthday candles. Cake candles continue to be used in other ancient pagan cultures. Pagan cultures believe that fire from the lit candles scared away evil spirits and the smoke from candles carried prayers to the gods. So birthday cake candles were first called Artemis candles. When we go to the sweet history of birthday cakes from the Sugar Association, all right, and this, this is a website. The Sweet History of Birthday Cakes, the Sugar Association. I'm going to post this in the chat room also. I'm going to post it in the chat room. I'm also going to post it on Facebook. All right? Now, if you can't catch the live show, then maybe we will catch it here on on my Facebook page, or just do your own research on this. All right, uh, where am I at? Where am I at? Pull this up. All right, so from this webpage, the Sweet History of Birthday Cakes, the Sugar Association, it says, now another search I did was, what do the candles 
on, on the cake represent? So that was a question I asked. What do the candles on the cake represent? Birthday traditions and legends. And the answer that came was birthday traditions and legends. And this is where we get Artemis is the goddess of the moon. Artemis is the goddess of the moon. The round cakes represented the moon, and the candles were, a, were to represent the reflected moon light. It was believed that the smoke would uh, carry uh, wishes and prayers to the sky-growing gods. And this is from Cake Wiz, and it says, why do we blow candles on birthday cakes? Because these candles are Artemis candles. And who is Artemis? Is the goddess of the moon. I'm going to post this in the chat room right now also as well. And also on my Facebook page. You might hear that I'm, my voice is a little bit subdued right now. It's because I know I get so passionate, and I know I can really get to talking fast and stumbling over my words and stumbling over everything that it won't make sense. So I'm trying. I'm trying to really restrain myself. I'm trying to, as my wife likes to say, I, I like her, her saying, "I'm really trying to hold my mule <laughs> that I can bring this out, and that it's not it's not going to be overshadowed by my passion." Then now everybody's going to come to my passion, how I'm bringing it up as to the information. So I'm really trying to restrain myself so that the information can get out. All right? So that the information can, can, can get out. And so that this is not just, a, again, like a, cult, a personality type of thing, where it's just because, well, that's just how Shaba feels. That's just how he feels. That's him. I'm really trying to bring out this information so we can see and get some understanding of why, how and why God was so upset with the Israelites. And that a lot of traditions and customs that we get caught into, how they are pagan. That they really are pagan. And even in dealing with this concept about the birth of Christ, and we're dealing with the true birth of Christ, that we have to first understand that this concept of a woman being impregnated by a spirit and giving birth to the son, that concept going back to Semiramis and her son, Nimrod, who died and his spirit came back impregnating her and giving her Osiris. Or in Egypt, Isis and uh, or Horus, or in Egypt, Isis and what were some of the names? Isis and uh, I didn't highlight it. Uh, Fortuna and Jupiter in Rome, Aphrodite and Adonis in Greece, uh, Asterisk or Astarte and Molech and Baal in Canaan. Um, uh, Ceramicus and Horus were worshipped as Madonna and Child. Okay? I'm not doing this to hurt anybody. I'm not doing this to hurt anybody. 
Um, now, we're going to go through, I did a search for the Queen of Heaven in antiquity. I did a search for the Queen of Heaven in antiquity, and this is from Wikipedia. Right? The Queen of Heaven from antiquity, and this is not from uh, Wikipedia. It says, the Queen of Heaven was a title given to a number of ancient sky goddesses worshipped throughout the ancient Mediterranean and the ancient Near East. Goddesses known to have been referred to by the title include Inanna, Orat, Isis, Nut, Astarte, and possibly Asherah by the prophet Jeremiah. This is from Wikipedia. We, we do a search about the Queen of Heaven from antiquity. And we're going to post this. Again, I'm posting this in the chat room. If you have a, a web browser where you can uh, go to www.blogsoftradio.com, uh, Mashaba, M-A-S-H-A-H-B-A, uh, and you'll see when our episode page comes up live, you'll see the chat room there. Now I've got all these things I'm posting in the chat room and here on Facebook as well. My Facebook page, Mashaba Banjuda on Facebook, where you can have access to it as well. All right. Um, Reading further on from the Queens of Heaven from Antiquity, from Wikipedia, the Free Encyclopedia. Articles relating to goddesses known by the Queen of Heaven. Goddesses are known to have been referred to by the Queen of Heaven. Okay, I just read that. Oh, no, no, there's more. Um, oh, got to get this. I'm posting this also. Now, this search, brother, sister, I did was the queen, not just the Queen of Heaven. I made it plural, the Queens of Heaven. All right, the Queens of Heaven. And we have, in dealing with the queens of heaven, the queens of heaven, plural. The queens of heaven, plural, from antiquity, from uh, Wikipedia, the Free Encyclopedia. Articles relating to goddesses known by the title queen of heaven. Goddesses known to have been referred to by the, by the title include uh, Ina or Anana. Anat, Isis, uh, Nut, Astarte, and possibly Asherah uh, by the prophet Jeremiah. In Greco-Roman times, Hera and Juna, Juno bore this title. So we have all these different names for the Queen of Heaven going back to Ceramicus, dealing with the worship of the moon, dealing with this mother, this woman, being impregnated by a spirit and giving birth to a uh, divine son. All right? Uh, and that's, uh, I, mean, I posted all this. I, I, I did post all this. Now, in me bringing up some of this, this information, like I'm, bringing it, I'm bringing it out. And there's so much more. The brother Tazapod, uh, uh in his class last night, 
was going over to Tammuz. We're going to touch on this right now. And Saram said, oh, my God. I'm going to have to extend even this part of, of the series a little bit further. Cause I, gotta bring, I gotta find a way to bring some of that in. So what I want to, to try and get an understanding of, which might be hard for a lot of people to swallow at this time, is that there was a virgin birth before the Messiah and Mary existed. And that was the virgin birth you're following in the Western and Eastern world. It was the Roman Catholic Church that brought a new Messiah to our people after being enslaved. So this whole concept about the virgin birth was not something that was just from the New Testament. This concept of the virgin birth is an ancient pagan mentality. It was an ancient pagan worship going back to the Queen of Heaven, the worship of the moon. They have replaced, or they have given us the Messiah, Jesus Christ, and Mary's name, but it was really Tammuz Ceramicus. All right? It was really Tammuz and Ceramicus. Going back to its origins of where this concept started. We're going to find out now Tammuz was actually the name of Saramis' son that she had from her, the spirit of Nimrod, who impregnated her. In other histories, that became Osiris. Not Osiris, it became Horus. But in the Bible, we're going to find that the name of Saramis, they don't give us the name of Saramis, they just mention her as the queen of heaven. But Saramis had a son named Tammuz. And it was a worship that we were given it given over to completely. Now let me look this up real quick, brothers and sisters. Let me look this up real quick. I think about fifteen, roughly about fifteen minutes left. We're gonna get into this. Um, we're about to read from the prophet Isaiah or Ezekiel, P R O P A C, prophet E Z E K I E L. I just want to get his timeline. All right. Um, so the prophet Ezekiel, he's similar to the prophet Jeremiah in his, in his time. I need to go back and do the research about uh, how much interaction they might have had. Um, he was living at Babylon from Wikipedia. Um, the prophet Ezekiel, he was born possibly around 622 BC, BCE, and he died possibly around 570 BCE, around the age of 51 to 52 at Babylon. Um, in the Bible, the author of the book of Ezekiel uh, presents himself as Ezekiel, the son of Buzi, born uh, into a priestly uh, lineage. And apart from identifying himself, the author gives a date for the first divine encounter, which he presents uh, in the 30th year. Ezekiel describes his calling to be a prophet uh, by going into great detail about his encounter with God and four living creatures uh, with four wills that, uh, that stayed beside the creatures. 
while living in Babylon. According to the Bible, Ezekiel and his wife lived during the Babylonian captivity on the banks of uh, Kabar, uh, uh, Kabar, uh, Canal, uh, in Tel Abib near Nippur, uh, while other exiles from the kingdom of Judah, there is no mention of him having any offspring. So, during the Babylonian captivity, all right, so this is right before, this is right after Jeremiah had, had announced, uh, during the time, they actually was during the same, around the same time, of Jeremiah and Ezekiel around the same time. The reason that's important is, is we're about to read now about Ezekiel. All right, we're about to read about Ezekiel. We just read about what happened with Jeremiah and what the Israelites had said that, that we were going to do, and we were not going to give up the worship of, 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 uh, of the Queen of Heaven. And that the women didn't need the men to do this, and, cause, and since they've done it, look how much they've prospered. And you tell us that now we're going to, uh, that something bad's happened to us? The hell with that. So now we're going to the book, to the prophet Ezekiel. Now we're going to the prophet Ezekiel chapter 8, and we're going to read verses 13 and 14. Right? Now we're going to the book of Ezekiel chapter 8, verses 13 and 14. And it says, and he said, he said, uh, he said unto me, turn to yet again. And thou shalt see greater abominations that they do. You know what? Let's go here. I got, no, no, no. I'm going to keep it right here. Ezekiel chapter 8, verse 13 and 14. If you want to read more about, about this, you're more than free to welcome. You're more than free on your own time uh, to please go and, and read Ezekiel, uh, Ezekiel. But I just want to get to a point. There's a point I want to get you about this Tammuz, right? So Ezekiel chapter 8, verses 13 and 14. He said also unto me, Turn thee yet again, and thou shalt see greater abominations that they do. Then he brought me to the door of the gate of the Lord's house, which was toward the north. And behold, there sat women weeping for Tammuz. All right, so this is, uh, um, Israelites were in our land, and the Lord is showing Ezekiel some of the great abomination and wickedness that... the Israelites were doing and trying to be like the other nations and worshiping and doing things like the other nations, right? Like the Gentiles, like the heathen, very pagan. That the women uh, were at the gate of the Lord's house. This was at the temple, the Lord's house. And were weeping for Tammuz, all right? This is where we get the name Tammuz introduced. All right? Doing some research now. This is from the, uh, the New World Encyclopedia.org. I'm going to post this. I'm going to post this first in the chat room and then on Facebook. I can kill this because there's, there's more in the way. Here on Facebook. And then I'm going to put it in the chat room. Now, there's a way that I'm trying to get the, the Facebook comments connected to our chat rooms through the uh, through blog talk, so they'll be simultaneous. They'll be simultaneous, but I'm just not understanding that, that lingo, that, that computer lingo. All right, cool. So I'm posting post this on Facebook. Uh, Tammuz was a virgin birth of a ceramicist. Uh, your Easter and Astarte, or a.k.a. Mary, 
your queen of heaven, from the New World Encyclopedia, Tammuz, from the New World Encyclopedia, it is there on Facebook, and now I'm putting this also in the chat room, and you might be able to follow as well. Cool. So let me go ahead and read this, uh, what I uh, hear in my notes. Tammuz was a virgin birth of Ceramicus. Your Easter or Astarte, or a.k.a. Mary, your queen of heaven. Now, this is from the newworldencyclopedia.org. All right, the newworldencyclopedia.org. You can look it up as, as going along on on top, what have you, for Tammuz, T-A-M-M-U-Z from Ezekiel chapter 8, verse 14, that this was, God called this a greater abomination than you had uh, women at the Lord's house weeping for Tammuz. This made God extremely angry. Reading on about Tammuz. Tammuz also known as uh, Demuzi, D-U-M-U-Z-I. Tammuz, also known as Demuzi, was the name of an, of an ancient Near Eastern deity who was best known for his patronage of herdsmen and his romantic entanglement with Inanna, or, yeah, Inanna, the Sumerian goddess of sensual love, also known as Astarte, or Ishtar. Are we catching this? This one, New World Encyclopedia, brothers and sisters, that Tammuz was the name of an uh, ancient Near Eastern deity who is best known for his patronage of herdsmen and his romantic entanglement with Inanna, the Sumerian goddess of sexual love, also known as Astarte or Ishtar. Other names for Salamisus. Nimrod, and uh, 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 Horus, and now we're finding out Tammuz from the Bible. As a fertility god, he represented the insemination of the mother goddess. Did y'all hear this from the New World Encyclopedia? Tammuz represented the insemination of the mother goddess. He inseminated. He impregnated the mother goddess. Inanna, Astarte, Ishtar, Ceramicus. As well as the production of healthy children, the best-known myth of Tammuz describes his death at the hands of his lover, a punishment earned for his failure to mourn adequately when she became lost in the underworld. So the myth is <coughs> that that came about is that when his lover, who is his mother, died, he didn't cry for her. When she got lost in the underworld. So now he has to get punished. The God's sojourn among the dead was commemorated in various forms of human expressionism including poetic laments and ritual practice, lamenting, sad songs, weeping. Oh, brother says, I, I don't want to bring it up just yet, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to hit that up. It says, in his Syrian uh, iteration, Tammuz was incorporated into the Hellen uh, Hellenic pantheon as Adonis. 
a beautiful youth who earned the love of Aphrodite. So now among the Greeks, they copied this, but now they gave Tammuz and Ceramicus the name of Adonis and Aphrodite. In mythological accounts, in various mythological accounts depicting Tammuz or Demuzi, he plays a variety of roles from lowly shepherd to divine ruler. One relatively common element, however, is his association with various powerful goddesses, in particular, the regal Ishtar, Ainana. Not Ayana, but Ainana. Like Ilnana. Yeah. As his, myth, uh, mystic, as his mythical religious import is particularly dependent upon these relationships, it follows that an exploration of these various accounts is the best way to gain insight into the God's character. The multifaceted relationship between Anana and Damuzi, which was characterized equally by sensuous, erotic love, and bitter uh, recriminations, provides fodder for a, considerably, a, consider, a considerable body of Sumerian and Babylonian mythology. This love thing between the, the, the mother and the son. The mother being impregnated by a spirit, the spirit, giving birth to the son. In the first case, the amorous, uh, the, the morous uh, component of their relationship is baldly attested to in a large corpus of uh, pastoral poems and songs, which relate the early stages of the love affair between Ainana, the goddess of fertility, and Demuzi, either a human shepherd or the god of shepherds. This romantic connection is described in great detail in the courtship of Ainana and Demuzi, a poem that is notable for both its tenderness and graphic depictions of sexuality. Brother and sisters, this, this, this is, is not, this is ancient. Before Mary, the wife of Joseph, gave birth to Jesus Christ, this concept of the virgin mother being impregnated by a spirit or by a God and giving birth to a divine child, this is an ancient cultic pagan mentality. Reading on with, with the New World Encyclopedia, in cultic practice, in Babylonia, the month Tammuz was established in honor of the epimonious god Tammuz, who originated as a Sumerian shepherd god, Demuzi, or Demuz, the concept of Anana, the Akkadian Ishtar. All this going back to Ceramicus. Being impregnated by her son god, Nimrod, giving birth to Horus or Tammuz. In cult practice, 
The dead Tammuz was widely uh, mourned in the ancient Near East. A Sumerian tablet, uh, NI-4486 from Nippur reads, <clears throat> so this is a description from ancient Sumeria. It says, she can make the lament for you, my Demuzid. The lament for you, the lament, the lamentation, reach the desert. She can make it reach the, the house, uh, uh, Arulai. She can make it reach Bad uh, Tabira. She can make it reach Dol uh, Suba. She can make it reach the uh, separating country, the separate fold, the sheepfold of the Muzid. Oh, the Muzid of the fair spoken mouth of the ever kind eyes. She sobs tearily. Oh, you of the, far, the fair spoken mouth of the ever kind eyes. She, said, she sobs tearfully. Uh, lad, husband, Lord, sweet as the date. Oh, the Muzid, she sobs, she sobs tearfully. These ceremonies were observed even at the very door of the temple in Jerusalem. To the horror of the Jewish prophet Ezekiel. And we just read that. Ezekiel, now we're going to read on. We're going to read Ezekiel chapter 8, verses 14 and 15. Then he brought me to the door of the gate of the Lord's house, which was toward the north. And behold, there sat women weeping for Tammuz. Then said he unto me, Has thou seen this, O son of man? Turn thee yet again, and thou shalt see greater abominations than these. Reading on with the New World Encyclopedia. Ezekiel's testimony is the only direct mention of Tammuz in the Hebrew Bible. But it was such an abomination and such hated by God, he only had Tammuz's name mentioned once in the whole Bible. But the worship of the Queen of Heaven, making cakes to the Queen of Heaven, the drink offerings and the parting going back to the Queen of Heaven, which goes back to ceramicists, which goes back to which gave us the birth, or gave us the, the, what became known as Christmas, became known as Easter, which became known as the Saturnalia, we won't get into, which became known as Bacchus. All that goes back to this, this mother who was impregnated by the God spirit of her son, God the son, God the spirit, who gave birth to the, 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 the human deity, uh, Horus or Tammuz. We had been caught up in this type of what God calls abomination, what God calls wickedness. Now, I know my two hours have just expired. I know that my two hours have just expired. So if you call in, if you if you listening in through the web browser, you can't even hear me right now anyway because the, the time has expired. But if you're listening through, through the archive show, I'm going to continue a little bit further, and then we're, we're, we're going to shut it down. I can't post anything else in the chat room because our two-hour time limit has expired in the chat room but I can still continue posting stuff on Facebook uh, as we continue this. Because I'm, I'm, I'm on a roll right now, so I kind of want get, to get, get through this. All right, says, I'm now going to the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia. All right. Um, there's a lot here. You know, I'm going to read this, and, yeah, I got to read this. Um, let me go ahead and post this now. 
I'm posting this in Facebook. Well, the chat room's still open, so let me, I can still post it, I guess. I don't know if I'm able to get everything. Oh, it did. I think. Oh, it might be too long. It's not going to let me post it. I'm looking on, uh, nope, it shut it down. The The chat room is shut down on, on in, uh, in the chat room uh, on, on the website, but I'm going to post this in, on my Facebook page. As the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia for Tammuz, all right? And you can look this up online also. You don't have to just go to um, my webpage or go to my website or whatever, to, to Facebook. You can look this up uh, online. The International Standard Bible Encyclopedia for Tammuz. And these are some of the reference books that I do use, brothers and sisters. Uh, the New World Encyclopedia, the International Standard, uh, International, Stand, International Standard Bible Encyclopedia, the Encyclopedia, uh, the Encyclopedia, the Encyclopedia of Theological, Biblical, and Ecclesiastical Literature, uh, I use a lot of reference books, all right? Um, and we're going to be getting into uh, the true battle lines. Uh, we're definitely going to be bringing out some, some of the history uh, and, and archaeology from the true battle lines. But let me read this about Tammuz from the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia, Tammuz, all right? Uh, the name of a Phoenician deity, the Adonis of the Greeks. He was originally a Sumerian or Babylonian sun god called Demuzu, the husband of Ishtar, who corresponds to Aphrodite of the Greeks. The worship of these deities was introduced into Syria in very early times under the designation of Tammuz and Astarte and appears among the Greeks in the myth of Adonis and Aphrodite who were identified with Osiris and Isis of the Egyptian pantheon, showing how widespread the cult became. So this was, goes throughout history, brothers and sisters, from the Tower of Babel with Ceramicus, where it started, being impregnated by her son god Nimrod, giving birth to Horus or giving birth to Tammuz. This goes all the way back to then, and has gone through every, through every culture up to modern day. The worship of these deities was introduced into Syria in very early times under the designation of Tammuz and Astarte and appears among the Greeks in the myth of Adonis and Aphrodite, who are identified with Osiris and Isis of the Egyptian pantheon, showing how widespread the cult became. The Babylonian myth represents the Muz, the Muzu, the Muz, the Muzu, or Tammuz, as a beautiful shepherd slain by a wild boar, the symbol of winter. Ishtar long mourned for him and descended into the underworld to deliver him from the embrace of death. Um, well, we, uh, uh, Fraser notes Adonis, Addis, and Osiris. This morning for Tammuz was celebrated in Babylonia, in Babylonia by women on the second day of the fourth month, which thus acquired the name of Tammuz. And you can see the calendar. 
This custom of weeping for Tammuz is referred to in the Bible in the only passage where the name occurs, from Ezekiel Abraham 14. The chief seat of the cult in Syria was Gabal, modern uh, Gibeal, uh, Greek uh, Bubos, in Phoenicia, to the south of which the river Adonis uh, has its mouth, and its source is a magnificent fountain of uh, uh, Afrika, modern-day Africa, where, where was the celebrated temple of Venus, or Aphrodite, the ruins of which still exist. This ancient worship of Tammuz, Ishtar, Ceramicus, Osiris, Astarte, Ishtar, Ishtar, is where the temple of Venus or Aphrodite still exists today. The women of Gabal used to repair, used to repair to this uh, temple in midsummer to celebrate the death of Adonis or Tammuz. And there arose in connection with this uh, celebration, those licentious rites, which rendered the cult so infamous that it was supposed by Constantine, that it was suppressed by Constantine the Great. The name Adonis, by which this deity was known uh, to the Greeks, is none other than the Phoenician, uh, uh, Adon, Adnan, which is the same in Hebrew. His death is supposed to typify the long, dry summer of Syria and Palestine, when vegetation per, uh, perishes and his return uh, to life, the rainy season, uh, when the parched earth is uh, re- re- I can't read it. Uh, Revived, I think, and is uh, covered with luxuriant vegetation. On his death symbolizes the cold, rough winter, the boar of the myth, and his return, uh, the the verdant spring. Considering uh, the the disgraceful and licentious rites with which the cult was celebrated, it is no wonder that Ezekiel should have taken the vision of the women weeping for Tammuz in the temples as one of the greatest abominations that could defile the holy house. It says, see Adonis. And it says, the fourth month of the Jewish year corresponding to July. The name is derived from uh, that of a Syrian god identified with Adonis from Ezekiel chapter 14. So, brothers and sisters, I'm going to end this right here. We got more we're going to get into. We definitely have more we're going to get into uh, with this. We're going, uh, when I continue with this, Lord said the same on Monday. We're going, going into some history about more about this virgin, the virgin birth, and these concepts, and how this concept of the virgin getting impregnated by a god or a spirit and giving birth to a, a divine person—that's ancient pagan witchcraft. As ancient pagan idolatry. 
that has absolutely nothing to do with the true birth of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Okay? So, thanks, everybody, for tuning in for today. It, it, um, it is appreciated. Um, if, if you'd like to help support um, our blog talk uh, uh, show, uh, you can uh, send donations to, uh, let me pull it up here. You can send donations to uh, Cash App. Let me, I don't have it memorized here. You can send donations to me on Cash App at Mashaba, M-A-S-H-A-H-B-A. Uh, they like to help keep, uh, keep this going, and you might be uh, getting uh, something from this. Well, I'm going to continue to keep uh, teaching along with our, our brother Tazapa and, and, and Badabad. We're going to keep this going, but if you'd like to help out, uh, please uh, hit me up on Cash App uh, at Mashaba, M-S-H-A-H-B-A, or on Google Wallet uh, at Mashaba, M-A-S-H-A-H-B-A, 575, at gmail.com. And I just got a, a Zelle account, Z-E-L-L-E, or Zelle or whatever. But I don't even know how to use it. I'll be honest. I don't, even, uh, I, don't even, <laughs> I don't know how to use it. But if you'd like to help us out, it is it is appreciated. Uh, please tune in tonight, being Wednesday. Uh, we have our, our schools in Houston at uh, SOW, uh, Houston, Texas, uh, Stream of Wisdom. Uh, that will be starting the classes tonight, starting at 7 p.m. on on YouTube. And we all we do have our, our class here in San Antonio, uh, starting at 7 p.m. as well. Going from uh, seven to ten at Sport of Truth San Antonio. Uh, you can check them on YouTube as well. If you don't actually go and visit the school, uh, we invite you uh, to visit, visit the schools. Please do. Um, and then we'll be coming back uh, tomorrow. I'm not sure it's going to be tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon. With uh, for your information, with uh, Brother Tata Pa, uh, at, at, uh, and, and we'll see how, how the schedule works with him. Whether it be uh, 10 a.m. tomorrow morning or uh, 7 p.m. in the evening. Uh, we'll see, we'll see how, how the schedule works out and everything. And then coming back on Friday nights, we'll find the Bible breakdowns with our brother, Badabad. So for uh, Bible Talk, I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in. Hopefully that, that this was uh, informative. Hopefully you, you got something from it, something you can use in your life. And with that, uh, my name is Mashaba. And for Bible Talk, I'd like to say Shalom. Shema Yeah.